Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. All right, everybody, welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I am your host, Kieran Anderson, and back on with us, we have Dennis Isbester. How are you? I am doing great. How's the how's life been, man? I haven't talked to you in a while. I know it's it's been a little bit. Life is good. We've been uh, we've been knocking down some travel and you know filming fishing shows and doing yeah. all the things. So yeah, it's life. Life is good. And Argentina was one of the best trips we've ever had, probably. So. Yeah. So if for everybody listening in to today's podcast, we're going to be talking about that Argentina. Uh, Dennis, you literally just got back, or how long yeah. did you go? Oh, I've been back about a week. Okay. So just cool. kind of settling back in. Nice, dude. Talk to me, dude. What, um, real quick, actually give your, give a little overview on yourself, what you do, where you're from and what you're all about. Yeah. Dennis is Bister. I have the TV show, wild fish, wild places. Um, and I've been producing television for 14 years now. Uh, world fishing network, Amazon prime, YouTube. We do a lot of stuff for the salt life network itself. Um, you know, all over the place. So that's what I do. That's who I am. But one of the things about Wild Fish Wild Places in the name, we try to do some really cool stuff. We try to do some, you know, crazy travel, some sort of fish that, you know, is tough to get to. Something other than run of the mill, you know, backyard bass, walleye stuff that's a lot of people already do. So yeah. we try to go outside the box, give it a little bit more of a Nat Geo feel, you know, something like that. So that's what we're doing which is what we're talking about today, you know, Yeah, Pat- Patagonia, Argentina. <laughs> Dude, so how the heck did that happen? Like, were you like, I want to go fishing in Argentina? It, it, was that like a bucket list thing or talk to me about that, dude? I've never even heard, like, I just think it's funny because for me, when people talk about fishing, they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to Florida. I'm going to go to Cabo. Uh, I'm going to be on the ocean and go deep sea fishing. I feel like Argentina is like the last place that I would ever think to go fishing. Yeah, so uh, Argentina for me is one of the fav- my favorites of all times. I've been there, I think, nine times in different, you know, from the Bolivian border all the way to to almost the southern tip, um, and, and a bunch of places in between. And Argentina and Patagonia specifically is such an epic fly fishing trout destination. Um, everybody that's a fly fisherman knows of the Chilean and Argentine side of the Patagonia. Uh, region which is just full of rivers and lakes i mean it's it's almost you you can't even you couldn't explore it all in a lifetime i don't think there's really yeah and it's so what happened was they they imported the brown trout from germany years and years ago over there um and the rainbows and everything else that's the brook trout and everything else that's in there and they just thrive they have such pristine water conditions um unbelievable food sources the the trout fishing just became such an untouched resource that it's it is really getting to be like one of the you know bucket list destinations for fly fishermen now do you think that it's it's like that because it is so hard to get there and fish yes um in in some ways so some of the places that i've been to like this trip it's you know for us it's it's a long flight down there yeah. so to speak. Yeah. How long but is that? It was about 30 hours of travel, I would say. Oh total. my. Okay. So it wasn't bad. I mean, it was like, you know, we left, we left Reno at say 11 o'clock 
in the morning, get to Dallas, fly all night, like another eight-hour flight out of Dallas, get to Buenos Aires, about a five-hour layover there, get on a plane, and it's three hours out to Escal, which is where we were this trip. So, I mean, it's a pretty good bit of travel. But then once you're at the lodge, it's they're just surrounded by amazing fisheries. The home lake has huge browns in it. You know, there's just lake after river after lake after river. And and it's it's not that big of a, you know, it's not anything that's too crazy once you get there. Super beautiful, like beautiful lodge, very comfortable, amazing food. Like you're really, it's five star all the way once you get there. So, yeah, you know, there's places that are harder to get to. Obviously, this just wasn't one of them. When you first went there, what was the reason behind that? Did you know a lot about Argentina or were you just like, well, I want to go travel somewhere? <laughs> uh, so the first time I went to Argentina, uh, we went to a place called Jurassic Lake where we've been three times and it's way down south. It's kind of a different deal. Very barren, uh, very windblown, uh, giant rainbow trout. I mean, the biggest yeah. rainbow trout in the world come Dude. from there. Super cool spot. Where we went this trip, it was more of like the central to south, maybe the the little bit southern end of the, what would be central Patagonia. So it's a lot more alpine. You're right up against the Andes Mountains. In fact, a bunch of the days we finished our float, and you could see the Chilean border. No way. Yeah. So you were like right in the mountains, alpine, big rivers, lakes, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's just a... The different feel. So the first time I went down there, you know, the big rainbows were a draw for sure. Yeah. This kind of thing is like, they're more known for, you know, like big-ish, not gigantic, but big rainbows, big browns, big brook trout, giant brook trout there actually. And it's like, you know, dry flies, they, they get this dragonfly hatch where they're catching them on dragonflies and grasshoppers and all kinds of different stuff. And it's a lot. It's a lot more pleasant fishing, I would say. You know, the wind's not as bad. You did usually get typically get nice days during their summer. Yeah. It was it was awesome, man. We It's cold there, isn't it? You know, it was like the first week we were there, it was like 75, you what? know, ish. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Like it's, it's their summer, you know. So basically it was August when we were there. So it's kind of late summer. Yeah. Uh, but the second so I was there for 2 weeks and what we got to do on this trip is we got to film video for a week, all of our video content for everybody, two TV shows. And then the next week, my photographer, Abe Blair, joined us and we did a whole week of just photography. So the first week we were there, we had beautiful weather. I don't know that we got rained on once, not a lot of wind. And then the second week, it got a little cooler. We had some wind, we had some rain, that kind of stuff. So, so when you go there, is it usually a two week trip? No, typically it's like 10 days, okay. you know, six and a half days in a lodge and then, you know, a couple of days of travel and stuff. But it was just kind of a, a one off, which was really awesome for building content. You know, where is that lodge and, and how how do you get to that lodge? Like, is it can you just go online and say, hey, I'm going to book a lodge and go fishing? Yeah, for sure. So the lodge is ArgentinaWaters.com and it's Lafario Lodge. Um, and it's out of a town called Esquel. Argentina so, Waters. Yeah, ArgentinaWaters.com. And they are, let me tell you, these two. So Laura and, and Gonzalo are husband and wife, and they spent some years in France learning to be chefs. So they graduated these, you know, amazing chefs. And Gonzalo's a 20-year fishing guide on top of it. And so 
the food that you get there. The, the lodge is on the edge of this lake and just absolutely gorgeous. Got drift boats on the lake, big brown trout on that lake. And the food is like insane. It's insane. It's just like, it's so it's all fresh, you know, it's all fresh. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it was just nuts how good it was. And that was every meal. (laughs) I think that that's so important. Like when you go on a trip like that to have really, really good food. Like to me, I really appreciate that. I just, I always talk about this trip that I went to Indonesia and I went on a boat trip to the Mentua Islands and the boat, it's called the Santana Lao. And if anybody wants to go there and go on a surf trip, go on that boat. It's insane. But every single day they would make fresh everything. It was insane. They would catch fish and we'd eat fresh fish or whatever it was. But I remember one day, I've never had this before. They made a beet burger, like a beet hamburger. And it was it was so good. It was just insane. But you have those different um different ways of life that people live, and they can use the smallest amount of food to make something so good. And it's so crazy to me. It's so crazy. And they they grow everything fresh. Yeah. Everything is is, you know. I don't know, just so well prepared, so well thought out. And I mean, just the, I mean, they were making cannelloni, or cannelloni, and then they had like the big asados, you know, the big Argentine asados, barbecues, you know, with lamb. And it was, it epic. was just epic. Yeah. So it, it was so fun, that part of it. And then, and then there's a the fishing on top. Yeah. Of I was going to say, so let, let's just, I want to hammer down on that. I mean, so Argentina fishing, obviously for trout is insane then. Yeah, it's it's insane. Um, when we got there, the the dry fly fishing, the hardcore, like really good dry fly fishing was starting to taper off a little bit. And so what that meant for us was we were still catching a few on dry flies, but we were really having to work at it. And what happened was I kind of started circling back and started wrapping my head around what this fishery was doing. Oh, you know, we weren't catching any big browns. I know there's giant browns in this river. And so I started experimenting with stuff that I know, like big, heavy streamers, sinking lines, like fishing them deep. And we end up having some days after we kind of put the pattern together where we just caught some massive brown trout. I had 15 browns one day, 15 over 20 inches, which a brown trout 20 inches is a trophy in itself. And I had 15 that were over 20. I had one that was 27 that day. Dude. It was it was so cool. Yeah. So cool. Are you bank fishing or are you on a boat? Drift boat. Yep. So they've, they've got these beautiful drift boats, you know, ca- little casting uh, platform to yeah. lean against, you know, the whole deal. Aluminum and or are, that, they, are they like hand built wood drift boats? They got all of them. They actually have a beautiful handmade wood drift boat. They've got some aluminum ones and they've got some uh, fiberglass ones. Dude, drift boat so. fishing is so fun. I've been getting super new. I actually got a drift boat in Oregon, a Willie's drift boat, and I... Oh, wow. You got a good one. dude. It's so sick. I, I got such a good deal on it. I was like, I told my dad, I go, we have to get it. Like they live on the river in Oregon. So I was like, we got to get one, dude. And um, yeah, dude, I go steelhead fishing on that thing all the time. So what river? The Rogue River. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm going to the Wilson on the 10th for to film for a week. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be right there. Sick. Dude. Um, but that's another podcast. Yeah. No, we'll talk Two about more that. weeks. So dude, um, <laughs> yeah. so you're primarily going for all different species of trout and what, when is like the best time to go? And you were talking dry flies um, and crickets and stuff like that. What, what is the best thing to use there and the best time to go? So if you're, 
um, and it, it, it was interesting talking to um, the guides there because the Americans said Americans are like dry fly snobs kind of, you know, most Americans, that's all they want to fish yeah, yeah. dry fly. So if you're going <laughs> to go there and you just want to fish um, hoppers and, uh, you know, like big um, damselflies and stuff like that on top, uh, dragonflies. December, January seems to be like the time to go. So we went in February and there's still a little bit of it. But if you like streamer fishing, which I love streamer fishing, very, uh, you know, hands-on, aggressive, uh, fun way to fish. And streamer fishing is happening now all the way till like the end of April. And then there's also, you can get on different dry fly hatches as well. Like we had a few days where, you know, they started popping, they started eating on top and that kind of stuff. So, but if you're if you're a hardcore dry fly guy, I would go December, January, and probably not go any other time if I were you. And then in, in regards to like being on the drift boat and stuff, are there are there a lot of different rivers around there or lakes and and where are you going or are you specifically on one? No, so many different. There's there's one river called the uh, Rio Grande, and it's a very famous river. Um, and we fish that river a handful of different times because it's just huge and you can do different beats, basically upper, lower, you know, middle, yeah. whatever. Um, but we went to a couple of different lakes. We went to a couple of different rivers. Um, there's just, there's like unbelievable amount of options there. One thing we did that was probably my favorite of the whole trip is we went to this place. It was about a three hour drive away from the lodge. So it was a haul and a pretty bad dirt road to finish off the last 30 minutes or so. <laughs> but it was giant brook trout, like giant, giant. I'm going to show you a picture real quick and we can maybe put this somewhere. But let me just show you. Dude, what I've always about. wanted to catch a brook trout. There's, but I, I, in the back of my mind, brook trout are like a super hard fish to get, right? Oh my goodness, dude. Let's see focus on that. You see, that's my buddy. Though, so yeah, biggest, biggest ones that I know about next to like Labrador, Canada, and even rivals. Lab, everybody talks about Labrador, the giant brook trout. I mean, that thing right there is eight pounds. Dude, that's all day insane. Long. Yeah, and. So we went to this place and these brook trout are massive. I mean, one day I think I landed probably 20 of them. Um, yeah. And it was, it was on fire. And I was that day I was taking a dry line. So I was fishing a floating line in about four feet of water in between these weed beds and running a big purple streamer, like stripping as fast as I could with a long leader. So it'd get it deep and strip it through the weeds. You know, it was, they were just hammering it, hammering it, hammering it. It was so fun. On that Rio Grande River, are they are there like multiple day trips that you can go float down the river? Um, you probably could, but I think if that's what you're looking for, um, like an adventure of like floating a couple different days and camping, yeah, there would be better rivers than that one. Okay, because there's a lot. There's a bunch yeah. there. There's so many, and then like that place, we use rubber rafts, so they yep. have like NRS rafts, yep. and they have the the hardcore, the drift boats, and they have everything. I mean, there's <clears throat> there's so much adventure there. Like if you're like me and you, you know, where we're kind of crazy about this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there, there's rivers, you know, there's rivers there. Yeah. Where you can hike. They're like, oh yeah, you could hike four hours yeah. um, up through this place. And there's a river over there and it's full of big brook trout, but nobody fishes it because you got to walk there. And I'm like, 
I'll do that next year. Dude, I think <laughs> I think it's so fun to like think about that too. Like I love river rafting. I grew up river rafting, um, Moravias and NRS, like you said, and air rafts and all that stuff. But my family's so involved with that. And that's how I learned how to fish. Like I literally never went fishing in the ocean. I never did anything else. I was on a raft on the Rogue River and that's how it started. And it's, it's so cool that you can go experience that in other countries and go to like Argentina and go river rafting, but also fish. And like that to me is what it's all about. Like just getting out there and adventuring. And it's so sick. Oh, so that's why I did the show, you know, yeah, it is. It really is. I, you know, the budget doesn't allow me to do crazy stuff every episode. Right. But the reason I did the show, the reason I named it wild fish, wild places is for that reason. hundred percent doing this, doing this, you know, hiking into those types of rivers and doing this sort of thing that, you know, 90% of the people either aren't going to do, or just, won't do it or for whatever reason, you know, I was trying to look at this river, the name of this river, uh, the Rio Grande, um, because you would know it. It's a, we call, they call it the Rio Grande, but there's another famous name that it also has that the whitewater guys know, like my photographer, Abe from his whitewater days on the Deschutes, they all knew about this, but it's basically from the Chilean border to the ocean. No way. It gets like, yeah, it gets like sick. It's like the class fives and stuff. Yeah, it's like the La Fluta Fluta or something. Oh, dude, I, I think that um, there's some crazy rivers in Argentina that, that those kayakers do too. Yeah, like I, this ones. might be the one. Yeah, um, try to find the name of it, but I'm not doing any good. I think, so I, think we'll it's, skip it. I think it's super cool too, and you could probably attest to this, is like if people want to fish rivers, let's just get off topic for a second and not right. talk about Argentina, but if people want to fish rivers, and they want to go float down rivers and fish. It's pretty affordable to get like a really used um, boat. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Don't go through class fives with it, but down a river fishing for steelhead or trout or salmon or whatever's on that river. Like it's such a good opportunity for people to get on the water and go fish. It is. It's so good. It's, and it's, you know, you can find rivers that don't take any real rowing skill to be safe down them, but you can find a used raft for, you know, you and a buddy or you and your, you know, you and your wife and a kid. And yeah, the, and the river fishing is just so much fun. Like you were saying, like the steelhead fishing is pretty hardcore stuff. Like, you know, you gotta be, yeah, a really you want to drip, up. You wanna drip but, up for that. Yeah. And, and it just takes typically steelhead fishing is difficult for but sure. If you're like, kind of new to fishing or whatever you can go float like the john day river for john day's amazing great example you can catch a hundred or a hundred smallmouth a day you know your kid can catch a hundred fish and camp and it's easy and you know the whole thing so uh, yeah absolutely it's such a great way to enjoy it so in argentina what kind of lakes are around there you know they're just big just big deep clear beautiful lakes um, good fishing you know, they're all this yeah, all of them, like all of them have some degree of fishing. Um, certain ones are better than others, of course, and they cycle and different things. And, you know, you got to do some homework there. But yeah, they're, they're just, I'm not kidding you, man. I So this trip, I actually flew a two-person Sea Eagle inflatable boat with me on my luggage. Sick. So yeah, I had three bags extra and we checked them all and it was it was a pain in the ass but i got it done um and so i took the seagull with me down there and we rode the river with it a couple days and did some projects for them and i just left the boat down there epic and it, yeah i mean it's just like if if you had you know 
you can just go do cool stuff like that where wherever if you yeah, adventure. If, if you want to do it you can do it so they planted a lot of those fish around there i think a hundred percent of the fish are planted okay. originally yeah but they're spry fish they're doing well in that environment in that climate they are doing so well they're all natural reproduction now for the most part in fact the lake that the lodge sits on is the most genetically pure brown trout in the whole Patagonia region. Jeez. And there's nothing else in there. And they use those browns specifically to make, you know, for stocking programs elsewhere. Is it all catch and release? Oh, yeah. Very strict. Everything is very strict. You know, single barbless. Some places are fly fishing only. Some pl- places are, you know, you can use artificial only, but single barbless. No key, all catch and release, no keeping them. You know, it's, it's pretty strict. So let's get more, more in depth on like the gear and tackle and stuff that you're, you're using. I mean, for me, if I'm going down the river right now, up, up North in Oregon, I'm using spinners, sometimes flies, but, um, can you get away with bringing a, like a rod and reel with some spinners and catching trout too? Oh, it's almost unfair. We, we did that actually down there. So one of my projects is, you know, I work, I, I fly fish a lot, but I also gear fish a yeah. lot too. And I, I love, I love the aspects of all of it. Um, but we did a, a, a you know, the Panther Martin spinners. Yep. They came out with a new uh, swivel on the top of their spinner. Yep. On some of the them. Doubles, and so we, right? The doubles, uh, right? It's a swivel. So you don't have to put a swivel on your line. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't got it, twist got it, got your it. line. Yep. So we, we fished the spinner, just like you were talking about, yep. and we fished, um, we back-trolled plugs like salmon or steelhead fishing, and the tazzes, we threw tazzes, I mean, just a bunch of different ways, and it was insane. Dude, this one lake, this one lake that we got to on the, like the mouth of the river that we floated, we only got to fish it for, say, 30 minutes, um, and, and we had to go, it was kind of the end of the day thing, and, and the, let me tell you, the lakes are, just their average lake is the biggest lake you've ever seen in your life. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> and so we so pull sad. out on this lake and he's like, okay, you can fish your spinning gear here. So I got a, um, on this, this tr- um, particular one, I was throwing a Tasmanian devil, uh, like a little lure, you know, spoon type of thing. So I was throwing it up in the trees. Dude, I caught five brown trout, like nice brown trout in 30 minutes. I mean, it was wow. just like, and, and there wasn't another person around. <laughs> It was insane. Are the guides pretty good in regards to like telling you what to use if somebody were to go there and doesn't know what to do? Like if you went and hired a guide, went and stayed at that lodge, like are are they just so dialed in that they're like, okay, we're going to use this here? So dialed. Like probably the best guides in every aspect I've ever been with. Really? So, oh my God, the sweetest guys, like the, the nicest people the most dialed program and they could tell like, you know, they can kind of tell what you want to do. You could tell them like, I just only want to fish, you know, dry flies yeah. or whatever. And they're like, okay. And they will just Dude. pay attention to those waters. And, uh, you know, and then once they can kind of figure out your style of fishing or how, you know, maybe how good of a caster you are yeah. or aren't, you know, they can position the boat and they're so patient. And it's, uh, and the other thing about this, where we went to next year, we're going to go back and we're taking, taking uh, like me. my buddy, <laughs> yeah if you want to go you're in um taking like my buddy i'm gonna take my wife yeah, my yeah. buddy's gonna take some wife well they have like these horseback tours that they do and the girls they they don't want to fly fish they all Bro. just want to spin fish and family like three days yeah so they and they'll do something different for you too like they'll make it to where it's a custom trip for you guys and they'll you know you they'll fish with spinning rods for a day and then they'll go on you know a horseback tour the yeah. next day and 
big kayak, you know, one day. And so it's, it's cool, man. It's the people are just so, they treat you like family. Yeah. I mean, I seriously was, you know, we were hugging and just the whole thing when we left everybody. Dude, that's so sick. And then in regards to like rules and regulations, you said it's all uh, catch and release. What about, um, you were saying barbless hooks. Can you, can you clip your, your barbs and you bring stuff from the, from America, Panther Martins and stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. You bring whatever you want. You just got to smash the barbs yeah. down. And they're, they're cool with all that. And they know the rules and regulations with everything. And, you know. How does it work with like fishing licenses and all that? You know what? They took care of all that for us. The Lodge Argentina Waters did. We got there and they said, hey, do you want a week? Or for me, I had a whole, I bought a whole year because I was going to be there for two weeks or whatever. It's probably pretty inexpensive too. Yeah. It's like 30 bucks. For the whole year. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Something like that. I mean, maybe a hundred for the whole year. I don't know. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't significant enough to worry about. How, what is the, the cost for like staying at the Lodge and just being there for like a week? The full service deal that we did was fifty six hundred for the week. Jeez, is is that per person? Yeah, okay. fifty six hundred per person, um, and that is everything included. And you're you're fishing about. whenever you want. For the most part, I mean, those guys work you know specific hours, but like you know, we on the home waters, we were there's those giant brown trout there, and and if you're a fly fisherman, especially for browns. You've always heard about, thought about, dreamt about catching brown trout at night on a mouse. People right? are fishing like, at night. Well, not at night per se, but Dust. first, first hours of light yeah. uh, with mice, you know, with, yeah. with mouse flies. And we asked them, you know, this is how cool they are. I'm like, hey, I want to try this. They're like, sure, go ahead. Go, you know, go get it. You want, y'all want somebody to come row for you in the morning? I mean, the, no the guys way. would have been ready. Yeah. I'm like, no, we're, we were doing it for photography, you know, and to kind of do our own thing anyway, to get some drone shots in the morning. And dude, we hooked five Browns that morning. Wow. On mice, <laughs> on top, like boom, boom. They were, one of them was sharking it, jumped completely out of the water like this. Dude. And trying to like torpedo it. It was so cool. I think it's super cool too, because like if for the people that are listening in that are into trout, like it can be hard in, you know, states on the West coast to get really, really good trout there. It happens. It happens. But to hear that, to hear that you go to Argentina and it's world-class like that, like that makes me so frothed up. I, it makes me so stoked. Like it makes me want to go do that. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and to be able to hear that, like, oh yeah, catching five Browns in 30 minutes, you know, like whatever, like that's insane. Um, in regards to staying there, you were saying that they'll, they'll ask you, Hey, do you want somebody to come row for you? If you wanted to just bank fish, how is that? You know, I don't know the answer to that. I don't think you would ever want to go there and just if you're if you're a river guy though like this is kind of a thing some guys love river fishing and they just want to stand in that water and swing flies you know just like the steelhead guys do they they'll do that for you all day long no problem like they'll row you to a big run and pull drop, off you know it's yeah, yeah let you fish it off the bank for sure yeah how does it compare down there compared to all the other places that you've been around in the state oh god it's you just can't, you can't really compare them. Um, if you just want to compare like straight, like say rainbow trout, like rainbow trout size and the numbers of rainbow trout, you can probably, it's probably comparably comparable to some of my best places that I fish out West, like the best, like 
you know, lots of like 20 inch rainbows type of thing. Um, you know, pretty good activity, that sort of thing. But I've never been anywhere. I don't think in my life that the brown trout fishing has been that good. And which is, you know, for me, that's kind of why I go the brook trout. There's no better fishery in the world that I know of that is as good as that brook trout fishery. And then the browns on top of that. And then the, and then it would be the rainbows after that for me. Like if I'm going to go on a trip like that, I kind of want something a little bit different to go down there for. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. And, and those two things just for me was enough. I mean, it was amazing. Do you think that those fish are getting so big? Cause they're so like, it's so untouched and there's so much, um, food for the fish. And like, it's such a big area that they can grow like that. Yeah, that, I mean, all of the above, I think, you know, in some of these fisheries too, like the Rio Grande, you know, there's people there, you know, you're not going to get on the river and never see another person. Yeah. There's not a lot of people, but you're going to see a person here and a person there and some locals walking in on the bank and stuff like that. But the water conditions and the food supply is so above. Unmatched. I mean, just like they eat well and they have perfect water and for trout anybody that knows trout biology will you know they'll know this like if you have perfect water the water conditions you know temperature is a big thing you know the clarity how clear and and good the water is along with the bug hatches and the food you just start growing big fish yeah so is the water pretty cold there yeah yeah, it's cold and clear. And, yeah. you know, some of it's, some of them are tailwater fisheries like we have here in the United States that people will recognize, you know, some come out of a dam and they're that perfect temperature all the time. Is there any fish there that you can catch and clean and cook? Oh yeah. There's places where you can go, you know, one of those brook trout lakes, they have smaller brook trout, but you can walk in and you can keep some of those, I think. And yeah, there are places where you can go get trout and eat them. I feel like if you went down there, though, it's almost like you don't want to. Like you want to yeah. just go and like look at that fish and touch that fish and just appreciate it and then give it back. Yeah, for sure. The The people that are going down there on that kind of a trip are all like-minded that way. I All pretty hardcore catch and release guys. Um, you know, you don't want to hurt the fish really. You just, they're just such, you know, you, you hold a, you know, a brook, a brook trout of eight pounds in your hand or a brown trout of say, you know, six or seven pounds in your hand and you realize what it takes to get there, you know, yeah. what that fish takes to get to that size and that quality. And, you know, it just, just healthy fish, healthy yeah, fish, fat. And, yeah. And you just, yeah, it's, it's cool. Any other trips planned coming up? Yeah, we, we're, we're rock and rolling. So I'm going to, we're going to the Wilson river to steelhead fish with my buddy, Jared. Uh, film an episode or two there. Right um, now is the time on huh? the 10th. Yep. We're going the 10th through the 14th. We're heading to Yakutat you know, about 10 days after that trip. Uh, steelhead fishing. Super excited. I've got, I'm actually, we're just doing a bunch of content creation on this trip. So we're going to do, we're going to Glacier Bear Lodge and it's all a DIY. You know, I get the boat, I get to row the boat and I'm taking uh, my daughter's husband. They just got married in June and he's been asking Sick. me to, you know, take him fishing. So I'm like, I got a spot for you. So I'm taking, taking him and the camera guy. We're going to go shoot content for a week. It'll be great. Dude. What, what are some of like your favorite memories of Argentina? <sighs> oh man. The brown trout, the brook trout. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. And just, the, just fishing, the, you know, the, the, the brown trout, the brook trout, the people, 
I always come back to that too. The Argentinians are just amazing people. They're so welcoming, so friendly. The food, uh, the lodge, you know, kind of in that order for me. And just, I mean, blowing up brown trout on mice and then catching those giant brook trout are just, there's, there's just nothing better than that. Can you go down there without any gear and they'll have everything for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you want to book a trip down there to the lodge, they got waders and boots and rods and reels. And if you want to just, you know, take a small bag and not take gear, they're, they're all set up for that. But I wouldn't suggest it. Um, you know, I always talk, my friends always, for some reason, a lot of the guys I fish with want to go in with just a check bag. And I, I try to explain to them that it's like, you know, you have waders and boots and fly rods and reels and all this stuff that already, you already know how to cast it. You already know it fits you. Like what's an extra hundred bucks and bag fees to get it down there? You know, why are you being a totally, cheapskate? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Bringing your own gear is super important. I was just saying for like, for somebody that doesn't, you know, fish freshwater every single day, right? like you're, we're specifically talking like amazing freshwater fishing. And I feel like there's some people out there that maybe don't have that that stuff so it's kind of like one of those cool add-ons too that you're like oh yeah if you come down here we have everything they have it all then that's what we talked about when we left they said they get that quite often where and you know sometimes a husband and wife are down there and they're going to be there for a month or two weeks and they just want to come fish for four days or something like a small part of their big trip and you know they don't want to pack all that stuff around for a small trip or a big trip would be a small part of so yeah they they got it all dialed do you guys have motors on the back of those drift boats yeah. or are they just row? Yeah, both. But uh, certain places they know they need motors, uh, especially yeah. when the wind's blowing. So we'll, we'll have motors. Is there a lot of flat water on those rivers? Yes. Uh, the couple <laughs> that we fished, but it's, it's really interesting. Um, the kind of flat water, but these, the willows all grow over the bank in a lot of places, but they're deep. So they're deep and cold and clear. And yeah. so the, the willows will be hanging over. There'll be these big eddies and foam lines like, um, yeah, you know, where the foam lines are going through these big holes that they'll be like two inches under the water slurping dry, you know, dry flies. Yeah. And yeah, I've, uh, that's that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Whenever you see I always call them the pee bubbles. Whenever yeah. you see the pee bubbles, throw your line in there. Yeah, that's, that's a good spot. That's what they fish. I mean, it's nonstop. They're looking at foam lines, foam lines and and fishing those foam lines. And then. Um, and that's where the rainbows will be slurping most of the time. And then the browns, the big browns, they'll be laid up deep underneath those, you know, willows. And you got to make like accurate casts and, you know, downstream mends and pull these big streamers by them so they'll eat it. <laughs> it's fun. Are they pretty specific on like what kind of flies they're going to eat? Yeah, they are. <laughs> they, uh, you know, they're not su- like if, if guys like to nymph fish. And like an indicator and a nymph, it's pretty easy. They're not super picky about that because most people don't even fish them with that there. So th- that's pretty easy. Uh, the dry dropper, same thing. We were using these big terrestrials with a little nymph and they were eating them, no problem. Golden stones, like these big fat dry yeah. flies one day were eating Stone those. Stone flies are rad. Yeah, it was cool. Um, but the streamers, yes, they were specific. Uh, for the brook trout, they wanted purple a big purple articulated fly. Um, and then for the rest of the lakes, um, they had this olive and gold tinsel articulated streamer, weighted streamer. And it was, it was amazing. It worked every place we went, every place. Wow. Yeah. To some, and I mean, it was, it was pretty cool to see because typically where I fish, I mean, nothing ever works the same place. You 
fish one thing somewhere where something else worked somewhere else, you know? And yeah, this one fly worked everywhere we went. Did you already make videos and stuff from this trip? Yeah. Yeah. We got an episode done and then some promo videos already rolling out. How can we follow that? Um, you know what? Just stay tuned to our social. Um, you know, it'll go to network in October and then out from there. So yeah, it'll be a little bit, but you can go. What's uh social media, Instagram and stuff like yeah, that. Wild fish, wild places, Instagram, go there, check it okay. out. I'll start putting some videos up there and some shorter stuff on the YouTube channel too. Wild fish, wild places. So rad dude. Well, it sounds like you have some crazy trips coming up. Yeah, it'll be good. We should talk. Uh, we definitely should talk again after, after the steelhead trip. Absolutely. Yeah. I was actually just looking at my Instagram, uh, up at the Rogue river. Um, there's a company up there that does guided trips and stuff and they're catching so many steelhead right now. And I'm like, Oh man, dude, I heard, I heard the OP was going off. Like I, for some reason it's a good year for steelhead. I like that. Very good. Yeah. I think dude, honestly, like it's pretty crazy how good the fishing's been getting, even in the ocean. Like the West Coast fishing has been insane. Dude. Like last year was we took a, a an eleven foot inflatable rib out and went ten miles out just for fun one day, and I shot a max of mahi in like an hour. Unreal. It was insane. Yeah, I, yeah. All my buddies down there tell me the Okuma guys are like, just get here. It's a, yeah. in the fall. It's just it's so wide open. They said so wide open yeah yeah awesome yeah dude i need to get back into freshwater fishing and just get after it. you're making me all stoked uh, out right now let's go do something yeah come fish pyramid with me i'd be down okay we'll do a podcast 100%. on that um yeah we we should do something we should um i think it'd be fun to like just get together and even do a drift boat a couple days the you road? Know? like yeah all right i like it well you keep me posted on steelhead and then may and june for pyramid you should come up and It'll be unreal. Rad. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. Thanks, Dennis. Yeah. I appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, for listening in to today's podcast. We'll catch you next time. Yeah. Thank you, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.